here on Brooklyn's Radio. Uh, we welcome today Keith Futcher, who will be making an appearance at Brooklyn's Museum on Thursday, the 19th of May, when he's going to give us a talk uh, about his Saharan adventure. Morning, Keith. Morning, Tim. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. And uh, you're in this country, are you, at the moment? You're not in the Sahara? No, I'm not in the Sahara, not in the Far East. I'm in England and pleased to be here, having been kept out for so long. Excellent. Yes, good to see you here. Um, so you're going to come to Brooklyn's Museum and uh, you're going to be talking about an adventure you had on motorcycles across the Sahara Desert. Uh, what on earth made you do that? Well, it's a story in two parts, really, Tim. I just saw a picture in a glossy high-spend magazine of uh, some adventurers uh, with with old motorbikes standing on on the uh, hills coming from the mountains overlooking the desert and there was everything about them just looked fantastic they looked to be just the sort of person that I would want to be however you know at 70 there's not a lot you think you can do to change your life but nonetheless I wanted that for me Um, and I'd never ridden a motorbike uh, and I set out to to just follow in that sort of image that I had in my mind from that picture. And it was that glossy picture in that glossy magazine that drove me to just make it happen. And so starting from scratch, I uh, asked my elder brother, who was older than me, and he was in mid-70s at that time, if he wanted to do it. He, like me, had never, never sat on a motorbike, never ridden a motorbike. And we decided to do it. I had another friend, a little bit younger, who joined us. And the three of us then set off as a gang of three ancients to become warrior motorbikers, first of all, because we needed the very best certificate, the very best proof that you're a motorbiker, which is the full license, a UK full license. So we set out to do that. And it was just so much fun, so funny to be, you know, taking a motorcycle license um, across the generation gap. People are concerned that you might, you know, shake an arm off or if you fall off, you'll break something and you'll be ill or you can't. It was just hugely great. There were nobody who, who didn't really give us huge fun support. And, and the proving point of this was to then, with those three licenses, which we achieved after some travail, um, was to then set off for the Sahara. That We had a simple mission. We were going to ride to the Sahara to see the sunrise, and then we were going to ride back. And that's what we did. And it took us a while, and it was just so funny, so much fun. Uh, it surprised me that you had no experience at all with motorbikes prior to the age of 70 and then suddenly decided, oh, I'm just going to go and ride across the Sahara. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the surprise was the least uh, the, the least offensive phrase that we had sort of thrust at us when the idea was put out. So we went through the normal round with the family of, oh, no, you're not over my dead body and then don't be absurd. And, you know, being absurd is really great. When people tell you absurd and you believe that it is absurd, there's no way that you can argue in favour of doing anything. But on the other hand, there's no reason to say that you shouldn't do it anyway. So we did it. So we just pressed on. And we delighted in being absurd. And it's become a catchphrase to us. And, of course, that is is the title of the book you wrote about your adventures as well. Yes. Uh, which has been published now by GB Publications and is available from all the usual sources. Um, yeah. 
and we'll be bringing a few copies of that along to Brooklands on the 19th of May. So people can uh, buy that and get you to sign it at the same time. Um, so what, what sort of motorcycles were you using? We um, we we trained um, as you do in the UK on a on a range of motorcycles from a one two five cc, you know, knocked about trainer uh, to get our basic ticket in motorcycling, and then we moved to six fifties. So we rode Suzuki's, Hondas. I mean, my older brother actually went for the first part of his full license um, on a one twenty cc machine why that was a good fit to him but nonetheless he did and he passed on it so we wrote a, a variety but to go to the sahara we were still had that picture in our mind of those uh, guys on that hillock overlooking the desert and they had uh, they had heritage motorbikes so we rode um, 500 cc royal enfield classics um, and in the end, when we actually made the trip, there were two others joined us because by then terrorism had become uh, a reality in Morocco with the terrible tragedy of the two Scandinavian women who were beheaded in the rift. And we were going across the rift, not the exact same location. So we, we bulked up a bit in, in the sense that we just three ancients didn't go on our own. We had a couple of like minded strangers joined us in and we thought it would be good to be um, to have people with us who could handle violence to our advantage so we, we cast around for some support um, and so we had two really great characters with you know life experiences which were absolutely the everything that was in that picture um, and so it was a band of seven uh, five on motorcycles, all Royal Enfields, and uh, two in the support vehicle, which was an ancient Range Rover, nicely tuned and kitted out. It was uh, it was great fun. And the plan was that we were going to wild camp our way. You know, this gets really weird, doesn't it? Wild camp our way across, across the mountains. But the weather for that spring season was the worst that they had encountered in Morocco for many decades. And so we were in uh, heavy rain, unseasonably cold, snow on the high mountains, and so we had to hack it through quite difficult conditions. Uh, and that meant that we were then scavenging for lodgings at the end of a hard day um, in off-season. And in, in many instances, people were opening up uh, their rooms that they normally had accommodation for. They were opening it up out of season and whipping up a really great feast for us the, the generosity and the hospitality of the moroccan people was just really wonderful fantastic and so what was the the worst part of the journey for you uh the worst part was um there, there were there were two two worst parts we our route took us across the rift uh, to uh, the main town in those high, on that high plateau is Medelt. And not far from Medelt, about 15 miles from Medelt, is a place called the Cirque du Jaffer. Um, and this is a, in the mountains. Uh, it's a track to get to it, but there is this massive quarry that's been created by nature. And there is this really exciting track that spirals down to it. All of that was was thrilling and wonderful. That wasn't a low point. That was a high point. When we got to the bottom, we needed to ford across a brook, but the high floods from the snow had brought so much rock down and was still high with water that we realized when we got there that we were stuck. We couldn't go forward to complete a circuit. As we planned, we would have to reverse out. 
And while we were pondering this, we noticed um, that there was habitation nearby, very, very rough looking, hard, hard land with people who need to be hard in it. And out of that spilled a whole spawn of young tousle haired children with a hair that was tasseled for all the wrong reasons. You know, I mean, you can't expect hot and cold running water when you live in places like that. And so they were there. And clearly it was all about location for this habitation because this was the only fort across this piece of water. And so they were there to exact a toll from us. And when it it was apparent that we we didn't have the sort of ready cash that they needed, things turned a little bit ugly. You know, we were being effectively street mugged now by five-year-olds. And it it was necessary to get out pretty quick because rocks, when they're thrown from the hands of children, are still rocks. So... That was that was a bit of a setback to this pilgrimage across the mountains in the sense up till then people had been warm and welcoming. Um, I, I don't really, I look back on it rather fondly, that story, because they were doing what they needed to do to survive and we should have done better perhaps to meet their expectations. And in a way it was funny. Uh, there must have been a high point as well. What, what was your high point? The high point... Uh, there were there were this when we were riding not only when we were in Africa but on the way to Africa there were times when we were on the motorbike when your heart simply sang because you knew you were living the life you knew that this was a moment in time when you were just totally preoccupied with what you're doing and it was just fabulous so I can I think of instances before Africa but particularly when we were riding hard in Africa. To, to get to our destination. Uh, when you could hear the motorcycle was like an orchestra playing to you. You could hear the, the parts of the engine working, the steady exhaust, the heartbeat of the cylinder firing and the wind whistling through the spokes on the wheel. And you just could not stop grinning because you knew you were just in a perfect place at a perfect time. And it made a difference to, to well, it made a difference to my life. It's not meaningful. It's not material, but it made a difference. Um, and it becomes addictive. You know, endorphins under a star full of uh, a sky full of stars in the desert is totally, totally addictive. Yeah, I, I can well imagine. And you're coming to Brooklands on the 19th of May, as we've already mentioned. And uh, tickets are available for that event now. If you go to brooklandsmuseum.com, the website, uh, find the what's on section you'll find it in there and you can purchase tickets from four pounds so uh, we look forward to seeing you keith on the 19th and uh, with your motorbikes in the paddock yeah we're looking forward to that long uh, that short ride down from york that's going to take us three days and uh, especially the, the thrill of riding into brooklyn's and being met by uh, people representative of such a great automotive history. It's it's a high point to us. Thank you. We look forward to seeing you. That, that'll be a slightly easier journey, I should think, than going across the Sahara. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's still going to be great fun, short or long. It's still it should be. be. And I think your talk will be great fun as well. So we look forward to seeing you there. Thank you very much, Keith Futcher. Thanks, Tim.